Hello and welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi Schneider. Today's episode was recorded on multiple locations in the land of Israel, and we're going to be exploring three very important places, the Western Wall, the Garden Tomb, and the Garden of Gethsemane. The land of Israel is important, not only to Christians, but to the Jewish people as well. And today, as we continue our study from the Holy Land, Rabbi Schneider is going to explore these three locations to help us understand why our faith in Jesus provides us with direct access to the Father. Let's get started, and to kick off our special tour today, Rabbi's going to take us to the Western Wall. As a Jewish person myself, it's always such a blessing to be at the Western Wall because the culture of the Jewish people is so strong at the Western Wall. We see the Orthodox Jewish people coming to the wall every day to pray. The Western Wall is the retaining wall that held up the second temple that was upon the earth when Jesus was ministering. And Jewish people today feel so connected to that particular spot because it's the closest they can get to where the temple once stood. I'm standing in Jerusalem outside the Western Wall. This is the retaining wall of the ancient temple that was destroyed in 70 AD. It's amazing to me that in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus pointed to the temple and he said to his disciples, truly I say to you, not one stone of it's gonna be left standing upon another. And just as Jesus said in 70 AD, just a few years after Jesus died, the Romans came in and destroyed the temple. All that's left is this retaining wall here. In back of this retaining wall sits the Dome of the Rock, the Muslim shrine. Beloved ones, prophecy is being fulfilled just like Jesus said. Thank God it's not the end of the story. Jesus is coming back again, and when he does, beloved, a third temple's going to be rebuilt. The book of Ezekiel tells us about it. Before we go on, I wanna make a few additional comments about the Western Wall. As I indicated, the Western Wall is the retaining wall that held up the wall, beloved, where the temple once stood. Well, many Jews today believe it, and Christians alike believe that there will soon be a third temple in that exact spot. In fact, there's an organization in Israel right now that's recreating the furniture that was in the original temple so that as soon as they can start, they'll be able to rebuild the third temple and they'll have the furniture already in place and ready to go. One of the pieces of furniture that they've already recreated, beloved, is the temple menorah. They've recreated it to the exact specifications of the original golden menorah that stood in both the first and second temples. It was made out of pure gold, one piece hammered to form seven different branches. Those branches, beloved, represents the Holy Spirit that is before the throne of the Lord right now. And so the Western Wall is not just the place that was, but many believe, beloved, it's also the place that is because the temple will be rebuilt again. We're looking forward, beloved, for the kingdom of God to come fully to earth again. Of course, the blood of bulls and goats is no longer needed because Jesus has been sacrificed once and for all. But some believe that the third temple will be recreated only to show a figure of all that Jesus has accomplished for it. 
Well, I want you to know this is such an exciting thing to see how the God of the universe really did enter into space and time and walked upon that land of Israel. Beloved, as I've said, God is married to this place called Israel today in the geographical sense. In other words, His presence is married to the physical land of Israel in a way that is unique on planet Earth. We're going to continue our journey today exploring more of this sacred land. I'm at a place outside of Jerusalem right now that some believe is the site of Jesus's crucifixion, burial, and resurrection. Beloved, I don't know if this is the spot or not. Some archeologists believe it. At the end of the day, the exact spot isn't the important thing. It wasn't the empty tomb that convinced the first believers that Jesus had risen. It was when he encountered them they went into the tomb and they saw it was empty, but they weren't convinced that Yeshua had risen until they experienced Him for themselves. And beloved ones, it's the same thing for you and I. We need an encounter with Jesus. He encounters each of us differently. For some of us, it's a real powerful crisis experience that happens all at once, a suddenly moment, like with the Apostle Paul when the Lord knocked him off his horse as he was on his road to the road to Damascus to arrest any Jew that believed in Jesus. And suddenly a blinding light shone from heaven and blinded him. And Paul fell off his horse and was on the ground. And he said, who are you, Lord? And the voice said, I'm Yeshua, whom you're persecuting. I'm Jesus. Now get up and it will be told what you must do for me. Some encounter Jesus in that way, a blinding moment. But others of us, it happens slowly over time. But over time, somehow, day by day, we just fall in love with Jesus and we just more and more become aware that he's alive. And even more than that, beloved, that he's living inside of us. The bottom line is that Jesus loves you and I, and he said, I'm standing at the door of your heart and knocking. And if any man will open up his heart and ask me to come in, I will come in and live inside him and have fellowship with him and he with I. Maybe you're wondering, is he real? Is he alive? Can I really be certain? Well, I wanna tell you, beloved, Jesus is alive. And if you'll seek him, you'll find him. If you'll invite him to come into your heart, he'll come and live inside you. If you turn to him to follow him, you're going to encounter the living, resurrected Lord Jesus. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and Rabbi will be right back in a moment. It's our prayer that today's message has been a blessing to you so far, and we hope that it enriches your walk with Yeshua. If you have a prayer request, we invite you to submit it online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Our team lifts up every individual request before the Lord, and it would be our pleasure, privilege, and honor to pray for you and your family. Did you know that you can receive real-time encouragement straight from Rabbi through text message? Visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com and click on the link that says Rabbi Text Me. Or you can text the keyword Rabbi to the number 88777. Rabbi sends these special text messages as the Holy Spirit leads, and he looks forward to connecting with you real soon. At Discovering the Jewish Jesus, we are looking for like-minded people who are ready to partner with us. If you're sensing the Lord leading you to offer a financial gift of support, would you please contact us today? 
Become a monthly partner. Go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com or to give a gift of any amount today, just call 800-777-7835. And now here's Rabbi Schneider with the rest of today's message. I'm at the Garden of Gethsemane right outside Jerusalem where Jesus came to pray right before the crucifixion. I'm going to begin now in Matthew 26 where we read about what happened. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with them Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Now I want to think about this for a second. A lot of times Christians today, all they want to do is be happy. They don't have a place in their Christian walk for understanding that we can't always be happy. Listen as it continues what happened. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. I mean, this was agonizing. Again, sometimes the mentality today for the optimal Christian experience is that we just go to worship services where we're hearing this fantastic worship music playing. We raise our hands and we feel good and we sing songs to God. And that's what people think the Christian experience is. But beloved, the Christian experience is about truth. The Christian experience is about obedience. Jesus said, I do nothing except that which the Father gives me. So here we see Jesus walking through a portion of the journey that the Father had given him to walk. It was a hard time for him. He was grieved in his spirit. He even began to sweat drops of blood here. So let's continue on. And he went a little farther with them and fell on his face and prayed saying, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So now Jesus comes to a crisis in the will. He said, Father, oh gosh, this is so hard. If it's possible, Father, can this cup pass from me? Father, do I have to go to the cross? Father, do I have to go through this, getting the nails in my hands and in my feet and having my soul poured out to the point of death? Jesus said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But then he went further. He said, but not my will, but thy will be done. It was a crisis of the will. Jesus wasn't operating in his feelings. He was operating, beloved, in truth, committed to truth, committed to his Father, and then willing, choosing to do what was right, despite the fact that he felt. And this is mature Christian experience. I wonder how many of us that are listening to this broadcast today have not got to this point of operating in truth and of operating by volition of our will as opposed to just operating by feelings. In other words, when we're feeling connected to God, we're able to live in obedience. But when the feeling of God's intimacy leaves us, if we wake up in the morning one day and don't feel connected to Him, if we're not feeling peace or if we're not feeling joy, then sometimes we drift away and we stop practicing obedience. But notice, beloved, Jesus continued to be obedient even through such hardship that his soul was grieved to the point of death. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. If you're going to get strong in God, you're going to have to continue to be obedient even when you don't feel like it. You're going to have to continue to choose truth and to practice obedience even when God feels far away. You see, beloved, feelings come and go. Sometimes we feel connected to God, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we're seeing God's blessing in our circumstances. Other times we need to learn to walk through hard times. 
And we're never going to get strong unless we continue to walk with God through the hard times and continue to do what's right, putting one foot in front of the other foot, even when times are hard. So here we see Jesus saying, Father, this is really hard. If I don't have to go through this, Lord, let me be able to pass around it. But if I have to go through it, Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done. Father, right now, I just speak over your people now that love you, that, Father, your spirit is bearing witness with their heart that these words that I'm speaking to them are truth. Those, Father, that need to be raised up to the next level of walking in obedience and walking in strength, even when they don't have feelings supporting them or optimal circumstances. Father, I just pray that you'll strengthen us all to walk in obedience to you, even when our feelings aren't propping us up and even through the hard times, just like Jesus did. Let's continue the text, beloved, in Matthew chapter 26. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, so you men could not keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed, Father, if it cannot pass from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. What Jesus was teaching here is if we learn to live by the Spirit, denying the flesh, which in this case, beloved ones, is sleeping, if we'll choose to live by the Spirit rather than by the flesh and yielding to sleep, we're going to be blessed. You see, beloved, if we sow to the Spirit, we're going to reap from the Spirit love and peace. And this right here has to do with the law of first fruits. God wants us to give Him the first of our talent, the first of our treasure, but also the first of our time. Here Jesus was asking His disciples for the first of their time. Don't yield to sleep, He said. You know, sleep is overrated. Sometimes we think unless we get eight hours, we're not going to be able to function. But Jesus oftentimes stayed up all night and prayed. Now what is prayer? It can take many different forms. It changes seasons of time will change the way that you spend that first part of the day. But beloved ones, don't yield to sleep. The Spirit's willing, you want to pray, but oftentimes the flesh is weak. And if you yield to the flesh and just sleep and don't make time to pray, you're not going to get the victory to the degree that God wants you to have it. Beloved, spiritual discipline is a godly thing. Paul said, if bodily discipline is profitable, in other words, if we discipline ourselves in our bodily means, things like what we eat, getting exercise, things like that, he said, if bodily discipline is profitable, how much more is spiritual discipline? Because spiritual discipline has promised not just for this age, but also for the age to come. Beloved, the lesson that we see here in the Garden of Gethsemane is twofold. Number one, that Jesus didn't always feel like obeying the Father. His soul was grieved and he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass for me. He didn't always feel like obeying the Father, but he put his feelings aside and he said, but Father, not my will, but thy will be done. And he obeyed even when he didn't feel like it. What about you? If we're gonna to get to the top of the mountain, we're gonna to have to obey Father even when we don't feel like it. And the second application here, beloved ones, is this. If we want to get strong, we're gonna to have to pray. Jesus said his disciples couldn't cast the demon out because they hadn't prayed enough. 
Unless we pray enough, we're not going to get as strong as we need to be. I want to strongly encourage you and challenge you, make time to pray, even when it means sacrificing a little bit of sleep. Wow, we see a lot that we can learn from as we read the story of what happened at the Garden of Gethsemane. First of all, we see how Jesus' total focus, spirit, soul, mind, and body was put into fulfilling the Father's mission, that he was about to face something so hard. He didn't want to face it. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But he knew he had to go through it. And it took so much effort to go through it that the scripture says that the anguish that he experienced was resulting in him praying with drops of blood coming from his being. The other thing that we see there, of course, is the disciples. They were supposed to be praying with them, but instead they fell asleep. I want to ask you today, is Jesus calling you to prayer, but rather than being in prayer, you're sleeping? I want to encourage you, beloved one, if you're not already, have a time in the morning where you're waking up a little bit earlier to have that time instead of sleeping spent with God. Put together for yourself a curriculum. Put together some type of a structure. First of all, decide how long you'll do it. I don't want to be legalistic, but it's good to have structure because when we have a commitment that we understand, we can stick to the commitment by the grace of God. You might want to start out, if you're not familiar with doing this, with just 15 minutes. Other of you are able to do more, an hour, half hour, whatever it is. But first of all, make a commitment how long you're going to give to prayer unto the Lord every morning. Prayer is simply a reaching out to God. Prayer can take the form, beloved, of singing to God. It can take the form of talking to God. It can take the form of just meditating on His Word. It can take the form of confessing Scripture. It can take the form of reading His Word. It can take the form of just talking to His heart. As long as you're reaching out to Him, beloved, you're in prayer. Let's make a commitment, beloved, to give ourselves to the Father in prayer, just like Jesus did, and it cost him something. I want to encourage you, beloved, make the sacrifice. Begin your day by spending time in prayer with God, and I promise you, it'll be a blessing in your life, and you'll be happier because of it, in Jesus' name. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and our Bible teacher is Rabbi Schneider. This series of messages was recorded in multiple locations across Israel, and if you'd like to not only hear this straightforward and authentic teaching, but if you'd like to see the sites that Rabbi mentioned, then please check out our YouTube channel. The title of today's message is called Direct Access. You can also learn more about Rabbi in this ministry when you go to our website, You'll find us online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And while you're there, be sure to learn about all the ways you can partner with us this year. Now here's Rabbi once more. Shalom, beloved. You know why the Lord asks you and I to tithe? Because when you and I tithe, we open up our hearts to Him, and in so doing, we're able to receive in an experiential way His love. You see, when we don't trust God with our finances, what we're unconsciously doing is agreeing with fear. That's why most people don't honor God with their finances, at least significantly. They might tip God, but they don't really tithe, which is the precedent of the entire Bible, all the new. Why? Because they're afraid to. They think if I tithe, then I'm going to fall on my face and I can't really trust God. I want to encourage you, beloved, and I want to encourage myself. Let's choose faith, not fear. 
God told us, if you honor me with the first fruit of your wealth, your barn is going to be full. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. I want to encourage those of you today that love God. Listen, take that next step if you haven't already. Honor the Lord and trust him with your finances. Be a giver. Jesus said it will come back to you pressed down, good measure, and running over into your lap. To take a step of faith right now by giving a gift of any amount, write to us at Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. You can also automate your monthly giving online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And you can partner with us by calling us at 800-777-7835. As our way of saying thank you for your generous financial gifts, we want to send you a select audio CD of Rabbi Schneider's message of the month, and it's also available as a digital download. And we'll send you a copy of our latest newsletter that's packed with the most current news and updates, along with expanded teaching from Rabbi and his wife, Cynthia. Now, before we hear from Rabbi Schneider again, let me remind you that if you'd like to not only hear Rabbi preach, but you'd like to see the exciting locations that we've journeyed through today, then be sure to check out our YouTube channel. Also, another great way for you to stay connected with this daily program is by subscribing to our podcast. You'll find us on your favorite podcasting platform or even on the Rabbi Schneider mobile app. And did you know that on the app, you can also view our broadcast schedules for radio and television. You can read the daily devotional and sign up to receive regular text messages from Rabbi. If you haven't explored the Rabbi Schneider app yet, be sure to check it out by downloading it today from your mobile phone or your favorite smart device. And now let's wrap up today's message from the Holy Land with a blessing. Here's Rabbi Schneider. Blessings trump curses. And in the book of Numbers chapter 6, we find the ironic blessing that God commanded Moses' brother Aaron, the high priest, to speak over the children of Israel. There's power in blessing, beloved ones. So take part in receiving Father's blessing upon your life today. bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. If you'd like more information about Discovering the Jewish Jesus, visit our website at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You'll find our broadcast schedule, podcast links, teaching notes, and so much more. And while you're there, let our prayer team pray for you. Matthew 18:19 says, 
If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Our prayer team lifts up each individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Submit your prayer request or testimony at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. That's discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also connect with us on your social media outlets to stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries, and I'm Dustin Roberts. Join us again when Rabbi Schneider shares God's heart for His people. We'll continue our study from the Holy Land Tuesday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.